As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey, what's going on? Greetings of the day. Welcome back to Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here talking about your now eliminated Toronto Blue Jays. The season is over. The 2020 miracle, the rush to nudge themselves over the 500 mark and sneak in the back door to the playoffs. Um, it was a great time. Everybody had a good time. There's so much to be excited about. As we said time and time again, they were playing with house money, and, uh, well, uh, they didn't win. They got uh, beat pretty bad. By the Tampa Bay Rays, which is not really surprising because Tampa Bay is uh, better than the Blue Jays. Doesn't mean we have to like them. Doesn't mean the Blue Jays didn't have a chance to go in there and steal a game. They were a couple, you know, hard hit balls on either side uh, away from absolutely winning the first game. And then game two happened. And then here we are. So lots to talk about. Lots to digest here as we beat as the offseason for your 2020 Blue Jays begins but before we do that i want to bring in a man for which there is no off season there is no off switch on the genius machine uh he joins me as always uh thank you dale dale our boy dale dale the reply guy <laughs> shout out he will never hear this he only listens to the clips that we share on on twitter and he he has opinions man uh mr andrew stoughton stoughton how are you i'm well you are uh you are world reliable that there be no doubt. My internet was less than reliable today, but we got it going. We're here. It's a special show. We've been doing this for long enough that sometimes we get guys on and it's cool. Um, it was, it, we, we are pre, we are very appreciative of every guest. Um, so here's our next guest, the Zoobs. The Zoobs. We got the Zoobs <laughs> is back. We're, he's here to talk about Japanese wrestling. No, our guest this week is Stephen Brunt, which is no, like, I, I, I'm excited. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm appreciative and shocked anytime anyone comes on. If it's Zoobs, if it's Caitlin, who are here often, if it's John fucking Gibbons, if it's uh, Alex Anthopoulos, we've had a great run and I'm so uh, proud of what we've done. And, but, but we have someone like, there's just like a weird little proximity thing. Like when we had Dan Shulman on, I was literally texting my friends. Oh, I was like, Oh my God, I'm on the phone with Dan Shulman, which is like, he's not as maybe famous as some other guys, but as on a professional level and same with Stephen Brunt, I'm really, really excited. We had a great chat. He's always been like the coolest guy. You know, as Stoughton said, he was on drunk Jay's fans a million years ago when when we were he, you know you got i wasn't even part of the part of the deal then i had my own shitty blog my blog was shitty yours was good uh but like 
he's all he just gets it. He just and I he's mean, he's a good you, times you, guy you, who just little, wants to come you, and talk you had about some the typos, Blue Jays. But your your blog was good. So we'll take a break. We'll do we'll do Stephen Brunt. Before I do that, I want to encourage everybody. If this is your first time, if you're listening to this because you saw Stephen Brunt's name, oh, are you in for a ride? You want to subscribe to the show. You want to go to Apple Music, you want to go or Apple Podcasts, or you want to go to Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever it is. Subscribe to the show. Subscribe to Birds All Day. Hit us with a like. Hit us with a rating. If you if you're into it, we're appreciative. Again, we've been doing this for for quite a few years now, and every every single one feels like a blessing. And it's fun to cover a team that's in the playoffs, whether they got in there by hook or by crook. It doesn't matter. It's a lot of fun here at the end of the season. So if you want to be part of it, if you want to catch up, if this is your first time, thank you for listening. This is your 500th time. Thank you for listening. There was National Podcast Day the other day. We had a guy shout us out. It only takes one, and I get it like makes my day. So subscribe to the show. I appreciate it. And if you want to get all kinds of Blue Jays content, if you want to read about all sports, everything that's going on in Toronto, around the world, you want to read about LeBron, you want to read about Atalanta, there's no better place to do it than, uh, at, yeah. than at Parks' blog. But when you're done with Parks' blog, you come back to theathletic.com slash birds all day. You subscribe to The Athletic if you haven't already. Right now, limited time offer, $1.25 a month for you. So go sign up for the athletic, subscribe to the blog, sit back, let's <laughs> let's uh, let's nurse our lick our wounds here as the Blue Jay season is over. But we're gonna have a lot of fun talking to Stephen Brunt on this edition of Birds All Day. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, as mentioned before, it is our, I would even go as far as to say, extreme pleasure to be joined at this time. You hear him on Sportsnet, you read him on Sportsnet, you maybe read him in the the Globe and Mail before, you've maybe read one of his many books, including Searching for Bobby Orr. He wrote other books about people that aren't from Perry Sound to be joined at this time. You hear him on Sportsnet, you read him on Sportsnet. You maybe read him in the Gold, in the Globe and Mail before. You've maybe read one of his many books, including Searching for Bobby Orr. He wrote other books about people that aren't from Perry Sound, but that's one that I'll, that I'll uh, start with. <laughs> but at any in any event, it is our pleasure at this time to be joined by Mr. Stephen Brunt. Stephen, thank you so much for taking the time to, to, to join us. Hey, thanks, Drew. Andrew, glad to be here. Uh, we're glad to have you. Uh, again, this, the, the Blue Jay season has, of course, just ended, but this weird wild crazy baseball season uh rolls on you're someone who has watched the watched the blue jays watched baseball for uh for many years in a professional capacity uh was there anything that could have prepared you for this just the weirdness of the 2020 baseball season uh just everything else that's weird in 2020 like (laughs) in context you know it kind of fits doesn't it like with everything but no this is uh 
this is outside my experience, outside my life experience, like it is for everybody else. It has been, uh, you know, I, Blair and I have talked about this on the Jeff Blair a couple of times, but, you know, on, on March the, whatever, whatever the Rudy Gobert night was, mm-hmm. We were sitting. That was a, the that was the huge moment. Yeah, it was the eleventh. Yeah, and we were down to spring training, sitting in a bar in Clearwater Beach with Kevin Barker, a cigar bar, with, <laughs> and, my, and my and my son uh, leading my my poor son astray, uh, dr- drinking heavily, talking baseball, and, 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 in, and in the background that the basketball game was playing in the background on a TV set, and we looked up and said, "Hey, what's going on?" And you know that was what a Wednesday night or Tuesday Wednesday night, I think Thursday the next day. The Jays played the Canadian Junior National Team like they always do when mm-hmm. we were on air yeah. during, and that we found out in the middle of that game that they were shutting down spring training. And by Friday, they padlocked the park, and we were doing the show from the lobby of Ben Wagner's condo. So, and it and it hasn't gotten any more. It hasn't gotten any more normal since then. So that was yeah. And then the flight back to Toronto and uh, quarantine, and you know people saying, well, the opening day is going to be just slightly pushed back. So, um, yeah, we've, I've been adjusting ever since. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to believe. I think you're right about the context where if, if we stood here one year ago and said, Oh, by the way, next year, uh, in extra innings, they're going to start with a guy in second base and they'll be playing double header, seven inning games, uh, in the big leagues. Uh, like it's nothing. Uh, anyone would have assumed us to be crazy. Now, do you think that any of these weird and wild changes that, that, so many, you know, very base, steeped in traditionalism baseball fans, which is all baseball fans, whether they like it or not. Um, do you think any of these changes are going to stick? Do you think we're going to see seven inning doubleheaders in the future or extra inning, you know, guys on second sort of thing? What's your sense of like the reality of any of this stuff lasting? Well, I, I, there almost aren't any, you know, in a normal season, there are almost no doubleheaders anyway, right? So mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's that's going to happen or it'll have to happen. The universal DH. You probably have to wait for the the new collective agreement, I would think, before that. You know, maybe the players will agree to it for for next year in between, but that that's coming, right? Like whether it's next year or after that, that one's coming. That's going to happen. The ghost runner and extras, I, I don't know. There will be expanded playoffs for sure, but I'm not sure it's going to be six. I don't think it'll be 16 teams, and I think they're going to have to give the the uh, the first place teams a little more a little more <laughs> of a reward for doing for being first, but. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, some of it, I think yeah, bits and pieces are going to stick. And, um, but I think in terms of this 60 game season, I don't know, I watched all that stuff and kind of that, well, why not? Right. Like, uh, let's, let's see what it looks like. Everything else is upside down. What's it look like if you put a runner on second base to start the 10th inning or, um, you know, what's a look like to see a whole bunch of double I'd like again so I'd, I'd rather watch seven inning double headers than you know four and a half five hour nine inning games I'll tell you that so but I, I just don't yeah. yeah but I, I I don't know like I I, I I look put it this way I think more stuff is on the table in baseball than probably has been on the table you know since they adopted the DH uh, in the American sure. League or, or since they lowered the mound, you know, like I think they're they're they are open to suggestion right now. Anyway, let's put it that way. I mean, the Blue Jays are a really interesting organization, I think, in terms of just, even, you know, just thinking about where the league is at and they are not necessarily mavericks in terms of uh, 
I don't know how. What What do you think Mark Shapiro thinks about this? I, I guess I, I don't. You know, I don't think he's the hidebound traditionalist, Mark. Though, um, mm. so look. My guess is that what Mark is thinking about right now is how they're going to generate revenue in 2021 and praying like hell that you know those you know uh, flex packs that they're putting on sale <laughs> are, are actually going to are actually going to represent gains. Right. You know, yeah. like honest to God, I think. Um, you know, he'll be, obviously he'll be part of the, you know, he'll be part of the decision-making process in baseball. But I, I, I just think that we haven't really dealt or no one's really dealt with the consequences of what we've just seen in terms of the business. And that's not just baseball. That's, and that's not just sports, right. But like, well, just in mm-hmm. this context, um, you know, it's, they, they've taken an enormous hit and they, and they're, and they're walking off into enormous uncertainty. And yeah, I know they got to cash some TV checks this fall and they will. And that that's better than nothing, which is why they play. But I, I think there is so much uncertainty around the business and, you know, you can talk about the financial part or the baseball part, but you know, on both sides, uh, we're entering into a, a 2021 that even, you know, even if they play 162, I think there's a ton of questions about, you know, where the business is going to be and how you run a franchise, you know, never mind the fact that they're about to gut the minor league system, you know, they're about to compare yeah. down the minor leagues dramatically. Like the whole structure was going to change that way anyway. And now you've got this on top of it and you've lost a minor league season in the middle. Uh, I, I, th- I think they got a lot on their plate. But what's, what's interesting, I think also about that though, is that the Jays have positioned themselves really well mm-hmm. in terms of how they've set up their payroll structure, and they we uh, you were talking about this on on you know on writer's block this week about how they just they they don't have a lot of commitments, and this is, were the world in a more normal place, they this would be a point for them to to really like push, and I'm I'm curious what they're going to do about it because yeah, I, I think I think it makes. It would, in baseball sense, it would make a lot of sense to. Like, this is where it's it's time for them to hit the gas, especially you know they they paid Ryu eighty million dollars eighty million dollars last last winter. Uh, his performance, perhaps uh, in Game Two of the playoffs, notwithstanding, uh, that's worked really well. But uh, but they they really don't have a lot of commitments going forward and have a huge sort of opportunity in front of them. Uh, but they also have an excuse built in, which is COVID and how they didn't. Make they don't it. have any revenue. That yeah. Yeah. And they also, and they also were, you know, they, they were upfront about it before about like, the, like that's their main revenue driver is well just, uh, it's, yeah. it is for most of like anybody who's not the yankees and the dodgers it is yeah. i think you know and they like it's not just they had no revenue then they had to build a makeshift ballpark in buffalo you know to play <laughs> yeah. in right they had to pay for that um yeah it's look i think they've done well again I, i'm on you know, i'm a bit of a broken record on the the current front office but i think they've done a really nice job in clearing the decks and turning things around remarkably quickly and you know i love the fact that the of their what they got 53 or 56 million dollars in payroll obligations mm-hmm. but you know pre-arb and all of that stuff but you know their their fourth highest payroll obligation next year is detroit Tulowitzki, which i love <laughs> you know the, the four million yeah. they still owe him so yeah it you know i guess you'd still kind of like the ryu move i thought was a bold one given where they were in the cycle 
um, the rebuild cycle. And I thought it was a bit of a statement move that way because, you know, I don't think they expected to contend this year um, in a 162-game season. So um, I, I think that that was a bold move to go out and make that commitment to him. But um, I, um, you know, it, it's, it's – it's, I, I, I think that there's ways they can use that payroll – you would assume that they can, you know, spend up to a certain number, even, you know, again, within the context of a publicly traded company and, you know, they, they don't do stuff romantically at Rogers as everybody knows. Uh, but you, I, I've got to, I think it's a really open question what the free agent market's going to look like, you know, mm-hmm. and how suppressed is it going to be and how many teams are going to be trying to move salary by trade um, just to try and, improve their own financial situations. So, cause I think that's going to be a real thing. Like, you know, I talked to anybody in the game right now that that's what they're talking about is that teams are going to have to lose salary just from, for purely for bottom line reasons. So, you know, they, the Jays can go a bunch of different ways. They could play in the free agent market, depending on how it evolves. They could take on, they could try and, you know, use their, the, their financial flexibility, whatever they have to take on, take somebody off someone else's hands and maybe not have to pay quite the prospect price they would otherwise. Um, they could look at extending some of their guys, I guess, and front loading that money because, you know, you, you, you want to do that when you maybe you don't have as much money on the books. So there's no real urgency to do that. I don't think, but yeah, I, I think they're positioned, you know, pretty in a, with, with a bunch of <laughs> options, but again, yeah. remember not knowing, right now for sure whether they're going to get one dollar in ticket revenue next season and how many games they're going to play yeah so it, it's, it, yeah, yeah theoretically yes but i you know i it's hard to do the math it is all it also feels like will they right like they it does seem like you know ross Atkins was saying uh, uh on the zoom call that he did last week you know we have the strongest ownership in baseball or or mike spiro was talking about that maybe in uh Maybe maybe with you and Jeff actually, uh, but you can say you have the strong ownership in baseball, but you have to act on it. I think, and I'm I'm not sure that they're there. It, it, Even the strongest ownership in baseball isn't printing its own money and just like ha- and handing it out, right? Like I feel I feel like you know Rogers as it relates to the Blue Jays, they're not over leveraged in terms of real estate. Like a lot of other teams are getting into like the real estate business. Uh, they're not trying to make payments on a, on debt or that, you know, not like maybe some of like the other teams or the Marlins or you know, I feel like even if they just are able to, to, to sit tight, they might be okay in terms of just like not needing to, to, to over leverage themselves, but also, you know, looking long-term, they have a young team. So I think, I think you're right. I think there's so much that's up in the air that, uh, that, that it could go in any one in a million ways and things that are well out of their hand. And, and no one's going to be really in a, in a hurry to do anything that, no. you know, the Rockies aren't going to trade Nolan Arenado tomorrow until they, unless they know, you know, what their situation is, as it relates to every other team in the league. So well, there's yeah, a lot yeah, of uncertainty. Yeah. And I, I think you look, I think you've got to decide where you are still in that, that curve, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of building. And I, and I think this year, you know, if this had been a 162 game season that they had just played, if it played out normally, you know, with a bunch of those bullpens arms would have been in Buffalo in the starting rotation and, you know, Chase Anderson, Anderson and Tanner Roark and, you know, Shoemaker beat stayed healthy to whatever, like, you know, your rotation would not have been great 
behind Ryu. And, you know, we probably would have all looked at this as kind of a, you know, a developmental season where you introduce some guys as the, as things went on, if you finished 500, that'd be, be great. But I, you know, I don't think they were a playoff team at 162 games. And I don't, you know, I don't think that's, you know, that's, you know, I think that's, it's dead obvious. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, it's great 100%. that they were in an, yeah, it's great that they made it in the 60 game season. It's all, it's all positive and let's, you know, we enjoyed it while it lasted. It didn't last very long, but it was, I enjoyed the season, <laughs> but you know, but if you, you know, is 2021 a big, big year for this team in terms of like, do you think they're a playoff team in 2021? Now I, I, I there's so much uncertainty about how you're going <laughs> to deploy pitching next year mm-hmm. after, after guys haven't pitched, you know, or just pitched in the bullpen. You had no minor leagues. I like, I don't think it's the all in season. Um, and, you know, building this thing is not just about, I think the free agents and, you know, the wheeling, the prospects for guys is kind of the, you know, I, the Ryu thing happened before I thought something like that would happen, but I still think that other stuff is if there's an opportunity and you can get a couple of extra years from a guy, absolutely. You know, take mm-hmm. advantage of the situation, but, I, you know, I don't think they're quite at, you know, all the chips in the middle of the table. I think that is 2022 or 2023 or somewhere in there, ideally. Well, 2022 isn't going to exist because yeah, it's going to be, it's yeah. going to be a thanks strike that, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, for, thanks for killing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also uh, it's, I, I was writing about this today, but like, uh, how do you improve? Like Ross Atkins would say uh, run prevention, you know, just talking about the defense, like, uh, the outfield was a huge question mark, I think, for everybody uh, coming into the season, uh, and they've done very well. But it, it, like they are going to have to subtract someone somewhere to to tighten that up. Like if if you watch, like I said, I was going to say, if you watched the Blue Jays and the and the Rays, which I feel that everybody probably did, uh, <laughs> like the Rays, the Rays are. Not a team full. They're they're not the Yankees. They don't have Stanton and and Judge and, and DJ LeMahieu and whatever. You know they're not they're not a team that's going to like beat your brains in offensively. But they do all the little things well that mm. are less valued, right? They're you know they catch, they catch the ball. They like that outfield is incredible. Yep. And and the Blue Jays outfield, I like the Blue Jays outfield, but they're not the Rays outfield. No, I think, you know, Blair and I were kicking this around today. Um, look, I, I think the, the I, I, I think they've got already enough DH candidates without making Teoscar <laughs> Hernandez a DH. So I think they've got Not other few, people who are yeah. very well suited to that job. Um, <laughs> so let's assume the corner guys aren't going anywhere because, you know, I, I love Guriel. I just think he's got a tremendous upside and, and you know, he's, he's kind of, he, he's, um, bit of an eccentric left fielder right in the way he plays it but he gets to balls and he's um he's really athletic and i think he'll figure it out and teoscar i think despite the lapses that with that bat you got to put it somewhere and i think that's where you put it and you you live with it sort of the way back in the day they lived with george bell so you know the question becomes center field because you know if you had a plus defend uh, you know a plus plus defensive center fielder who did not kill you offensively like not a guy you had to you know put in the nine slot and pray for um that would solve a lot of problems, you know. That would make Jonathan other... Davis, perhaps. I, I, it, that would be that would be that would be great, you know. Uh, that would be great. I kind of think he's a fourth outfielder on, yeah. a, on an even yeah. half decent team, but you know, yeah. uh, Kevin Kiermaier, you know, would would a guy like that even, you know, he's not a great <laughs> offensive player, but he catches the ball. Um, 
Kevin Pillar, perhaps. Yeah, no, or less him. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's one thing. You know, that's that's if you want to improve your outfield defense, of course. Then then that's kind of wither Randall Grichik then, and I I don't have the answer to that. Um, and he, but, he's been know. he's been fine, but yeah. they have to improve their quote unquote run prevention somewhere. Yeah, and well, it's hard to it's hard to see how they're going to do that without. Subtracting someone. Yeah, well, I think yeah, I think you're gonna have there's you know, they're probably look the the fact that they they you know took a run at Didi Gregorius last offseason tells you something too. Like again, I, I think they're not they'd have given up on Bo Bichette as a shortstop, but I think if uh, you know a if, if Lindor was available, you know, there I think I think I think Bo would move over, right? Uh I think if DJ, oh, yeah. Le, I think if DJ yeah. Lemayhew wanted to come to Toronto, they'd find a place for him, you know, in the infield. Um, well, Buffalo, but yeah. <laughs> Look, so you, you you've danced around it a little bit, and I think we can all well, maybe we don't have to agree. Like Bo Bichette's not a big league shortstop. Like I don't I don't want to hurt break any hearts here. I said this on the fan earlier tonight. They needed they need like a guy who's is a defensive shortstop. You know, the the thing about even back with like with a player like Freddie Galvis, right? Like they're not they're not worse with him at short and and Bichette at second and then moving the rest of those pieces around um because he's I just I just don't think he's up for the job. So if there's but that's the that's the hardest a the hardest thing to find. Like oh, just go get a really good defensive shortstop. Those guys are everywhere. But also they've got a, they've got so many intriguing infielders on the in, coming up in the minor leagues that like Okay, if, you know, is, is it Groshans? Is it Aralvis Martinez? Is it whoever? Um, does this group seem like the kind that would throw good money after bad, trying to plug a hole in the infield, knowing that maybe the, the fix is waiting in the wings? I feel, the, I, I feel, I feel this is, is yeah. Drew. I feel this is Drew waiting to say they need to sign Anderson, Anderson Simmons. That uh, agent. is a fantastic idea. I can think of literally not a better one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, I like. I, I'm not willing to. You know, I, I, I still think Bobichet could be a serviceable major league shortstop if and if his bats as good as it could be. I think you could live with that, depending on how the rest of your infield. You know, you know I, I know shortstop may, matters more than the other two you know positions on that side of the infield but yeah i would i, I would I, I would still have him there unless somebody came unless i had someone who could displace him who was a real difference maker like a lindor and maybe and a gregorius a guy like that then i'm then i'm starting to move the pieces around and and adapt i you know um the guys who are coming you know i, I like like who knows right i i i've seen groshan sit for a flash in florida i read all the same stuff you guys have read about him. Uh, Martinez, I haven't seen it all. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what position Austin Martin's going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, no, and they're, I, they're all, they're all going to be incredible. They're all be fighting for shortstop one <laughs> after another. Just they're all like, be, but I think they're, you know, some of them are going to get traded is what I think eventually. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, uh, they've got for, a lot of athletic for a, for a fourth starter, most likely. <laughs> Well, l- l- I think uh, I don't want we don't want to take too much of your time, but you said a couple different words, I think, that are that are key. You said you described Mark Chappelle. You, didn't say, you said he's not a hidebound traditionalist. And I don't think that you would as uh, I would classify you, you, Mr. Brunt, as that as well. 
You've also talked about romance. What do you think about like the kind of the state of the game? Obviously, the Blue Jays pitching choices in Game One. The the decision to take Shoemaker out after three innings was a big one. We saw the 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 White Sox, a team that was on like a ninety five win pace, they used seven relievers to get. 15 outs at one point in a playoff in game three of a series. They couldn't even muster up a decent pitcher to get to, to, to make a start. Like from a, from a, from a visual, like an aesthetic perspective, from a team building perspective, like what do you make of the, the kind of state of the game uh, right now? Do you find it alienating? Do you find it entertaining? Uh, maybe a mix of both. I, I don't know. I mean, I got my opinions. I'm, I'm very interested to hear what you have to say. Though. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not, I, I wouldn't say it's alien. Like I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not yelling at clouds. You know, I'm, I'm, um, <laughs> I, I'm, uh, look, I, I, I think, I, I think knowledge is good. And, um, if, you know, if I was running a club right now, I would be listening to, you know, and hiring the smartest guys I could find to try and find, you know, I just look at the race, you know, like they, there's, they were, they did, they won a world series, but they've been pretty darn successful by being smarter than everybody else. And, um, you know, like the whole thing with Shoemaker the other day, I was like, you know, it, you know, sensing the the outrage. Not I, as you know, I may know I'm not a. Uh, I, I stay away from Twitter for uh, uh, reasons of you don't even have taste a burner and sanity, but You don't have a burner. No, nothing, nada. It's uh, <laughs> on, people get enough of me on. without that. But <laughs> but I love the outrage and the continuing outrage after the game, even though it worked. You know, like six innings of water ball. It did. So. Yeah. You know, and then people were say, "Well, but maybe Shoemaker's upset and he won't want to sign with him again." You know, like that's not how it works. You know, <laughs> guys don't have little tantrums. Like Matt Shoemaker's not in a position to have tantrums. He's he needs to get a <laughs> you game don't, next nobody, year. Nobody cares if Matt Shoemaker won't want to sign with you. Yeah, somebody who is there's somebody else that's, that's somebody thought, but oh, you know, Tanner Roark. Yes, remember Tanner Roark, and you know, God, they've got him next year, and now they've upset him because they didn't let him go in there and get bombed for seven innings. <laughs> like it, it's not, it, yeah, it. I, I. I like I was, was I surprised when they yanked Shoemaker when they did? Sure, I was. Like everybody, right? Um, but it worked, and like I always assume, it's, like it's it's been weird this year because you don't have the chance to talk to people. You you know mm-hmm. you know nobody's down at the park talking to guys before games. You you can't have you can't talk to the manager in his office. You can't pull a guy aside and say, hey, why'd you do that? So you know it's a bunch of Zoom calls. So. It, rather than a stand back and assume that I know more than these guys do, I'm guessing that they know more than I do. You know, they probably had a better sense of what, how Ryu was feeling before that start than the rest of us did. And, you know, they probably had a pretty good, better sense of how a extra day of rest normally would have, you know, help him than the rest of us do. And there's a rationale there. Like I, you know, no, like the, 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 watching the White Sox, that like that was I was watching that while a game while I was on the radio today, and you, you know that did seem we used to call that overmanaging at one point. I think uh, you know managing right. every game like it's the seventh game of the World Series, except now it's in the wild card. Uh, yeah, I, I I think sometimes there's a little bit of you know, the, the, the you know you can kind of replace the mad genius manager with the mad genius manager plus the analytics department and whoever else feeds into it. Well, it's, the bla- it's the black box. It's the, analy- it's the analytics department black box. But what if it's true? Like, what if, what if the, you know, like, there's, I think the shift works, right? Yeah. So why wouldn't you do it? I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to do that because, you know, I, I, I'm not sure what the, what the counter, you know, is to 
taking everything you can get to try and get an edge and playing with, you know, with, I guess you could cha- you know, somehow change the rules to prevent things, but I'm not sure where that would start and where that would end. So yeah, there are aspects of it that I'm not in love with, but you know, I've been around long enough to, you know, kind of not say, well, I don't pine for things to be the way they were when I was <laughs> 10 years old, because most things are better than when I was 10 years old, except the like, you know, some aspects of the larger world and the political scene and, uh, you know, a variety of other stuff, which well, yeah. was actually, might have been, <laughs> even in 1968, which was a tough year, it was better than it is right now. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Jesus Christ! We could get the games over within an, within two and a half hours. Like, like I don't think that's too much to ask. No, I'd be, I, I, that would be fine. You know, I, I've seen, you know, I, I've been around a lot of minor league games and spring training games where they enforce the pitch clock. I don't like that, but it does speed up the game. Hmm. Uh, uh, you, did you did you ever watch a game at Tiger Stadium? Oh yeah, absolutely. That best park. This is the best park. Seems there was. like an incredible place. Better than Fenway. Better than Wrigley. <laughs> Both of those are overrated. Wrigley, or Fenway, Fenway, Fenway's horrible because of who sits in the stands. Worst people on it. <laughs> you know, just the worst. And uh, and Wrigley is like, yeah, it's 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 you know, it's the the myth of Wrigley and all of that. It's it's way too twee for my taste. But you know, Tiger Stadium was awesome, right? It, it's a, you know, the, that part of town was gone, all but you know, destroyed. There was nothing around it, but the corner. Yeah. If you, to, for, if you loved, actually wanted to watch a baseball game and not be at a baseball oldie timey amusement park. It was the perfect place. The guys, the, the <laughs> ushers would wipe down the seat before you sat down. I took my kids there. I, the, the day that, uh, day that Carlos <laughs> you had Del- to want to be there. Really. The, oh, the day that Carlos Delgado hit one out of the building over the roof. And right. <laughs> I was buying a blue snow cone for one of my kids. I didn't even see it. I just heard the sound. <laughs> but awesome. i did yeah no it, it was no it was it was my favorite and it was it was a crime that they tore it down because you know that was just about Seriously. they just wanted to build the you know the mall around it right the the uh it, like as a ballpark it was it, it was it was absolutely functional and they yeah how, they how's, how's that mall doing right now yeah Coming not that great. yeah not so good so yeah uh, no I, you know you hit that that <laughs> the tiger stadium and ernie harwell are the two you know oh, t- yeah. ernie is the you know Never got the kind of props that Ben Scully got, but Ernie Harwell is every bit as good as anybody who's ever called baseball. Amazing. This We don't want to take too much more of your time. Let the people know where they can hear you and find you on Sportsnet and beyond these days. And what, what else is coming up for you? Uh, also, your also your your burner, your Twitter, your Twitter, Twitter handle, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll Newfoundland, never tell. Newfoundland Miss Four Twenty. Uh. Yeah, I'll never tell, man. Newfoundland, I've been banned from Newfoundland this year. I couldn't even go back to my my other life this year. They wouldn't let me on the island. Um, yeah, no, I am on uh, Writer's Block with Jeff Blair, uh, three to five every other week, and uh, I will pop up elsewhere on Sportsnet. I will occasionally write for the website, and I hope you know that soon we're back producing content for baseball content because this is i'm you know i think there's a lot of great stuff coming up i'm I, you know, I, again whatever next year turns into there's a 
this this is I was saying to one of our guys, you know, um, you know, despite the way the playoff went, this is you've got kind of unfettered hope here for five months. Right? There's nothing like you can, you know, even in 2015, you know, David Price was gone, and you know, why didn't they? They didn't even make an offer, you know, just like I didn't even <laughs> make an I didn't make an offer on that Picasso, you know, same it's the same <laughs> argument. And uh, you know, Alex left, and they had the whole thing with Alex leaving, and so they're even in the midst of all that euphoria there was this kind of bad undertone in 2016 there was some stuff obviously and but now like no one's gonna leave you know no there's no one kind of forcing their way out of town unless they want them to force their way out of town no one's gonna get fired um you got a really good core group of young players the you know there's a bunch more coming uh you know you get to watch nate pearson next year you're gonna watch Bo bichette and vladdy and all these guys next year and they're going to get, you know, I'm not sure next year is the year, but they're, they're going to get better. And, uh, you know, so like hope we're, we're in the hope business, uh, you know, like the results business, professional wrestling gives, is in the results business. We're in the hope business. We, <laughs> you can't guarantee outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. But it's all about hope. And this is the, this will be the hopiest winter for the Blue Jays since about 1983, I'd say. So yeah, I, I'd love to be out on the road somewhere shooting some docs and, and getting to know these guys and uh, <laughs> we'll see i'm not sure you can do that on zoom i feel i feel well i feel you're going to be doing that in newfoundland somewhere probably so. the newfoundland baseball probably, resurgence probably, it's coming newfoundland understand you know, newfoundland you have to you have, yes. to, you, you have to accent it properly you have to understand yeah. Claire never gets it right i've been working on him for years he still hasn't got it right <laughs> Uh, also, did you have a whale situation at some point, at some point? We had a dead whale. Yeah. We had the blue whale. Yeah. yeah they carved it up just across the road from my house. They flipped. Really? Yeah. Oh, I was on the right podcast for this story. Holy yeah. shit. No, I wasn't there when they did it. We just before we got there, I watched the whole thing play out on, on, online on, on, and I, I was watching them drag this whale out of the, and, and to take it to the place. And, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if either of you have been around a dead whale. But it's Can't a, say it, that I have. It's a distinctive uh, odor. Let's put it that way. It is the worst <laughs> smell ever. And I was watching them on the internet drag this whale through the water. To the the um, the, the the Rom guys were the ones who ended mm-hmm. up in possession of it. And as I was watching them drag it, I said, "That's my. That's across the road from my house. That's that's <laughs> the dock they're going to." And I thought, no, "Don't go to that dock. You know, stay at a, at a distance because dead whales like you know." Big, really big dead whales. It's going to stink forever. But I got to say, by the time I got there, um, the whale had uh, been fully cleansed and departed. But there was another one that washed up on oh another beach. It was a bad year for blue whales. And I think um, I think Jim Balsley ended up in like in possession of that one. Oh, the, the owner of the Pittsburgh Penguins. They would be owner uh, of Pittsburgh feel... Penguins. The, yeah, no. the, the former <laughs> yeah. owner of... Uh, uh, the Hamilton uh, Penguins. Yeah, so yeah, I, I think he ended up with uh, with that that skeleton, which is the kind of thing you do if you're really rich. Well, well what else would you do? Uh, you yeah. can also. I know that I'm not sure if there's one an active one, but you can go online and there are like whale fall cams. Well, they'll set a camera up on a whale carcass that has sunk to the bottom of the ocean, 
And it is fascinating to watch, maybe on a time lapse. That's like I was gonna say, kind of slow, isn't it? Like, but it's as, as different as different like strata of of sea creatures come in, and like they'll pick the bones clean, and then as all uh, it's it's fascinating. You came on the right show. Next time, oh. next time, we'll get your whales. We'll do all whales next time. I'm in. All whales, all the time. They're the coolest. Well, and we'll get the zoobs on. Nobody likes the whales more than the zoobs, uh, Mr. Brunt. Thank you so much. If ever anyone was going to make create uh, great content out of Zoom calls, I'm sure it could be you. I just hope that we don't have to get forced. We don't. We're not forced into that. Again, uh, Stephen Brunt. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Hey, my pleasure, guys. It was a blast. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but after that, we'll be right back with more birds all day. All right, that was so much fun. Shout out to Wales. And shout out to Stephen Brunt for taking the time to join us. Uh, and shout out to Bobby Orr. He wrote a book about Bobby Orr. I've been, uh, we've talked, I don't know if we've talked about it on the air, but the Bobby Orr Museum in Paris Sound, but it's a good time. Uh, Stephen wrote, Brunt wrote a book called Searching for Bobby Orr. He also, on Wikipedia, he wrote a book, Second to None, about Roberto Alomar that apparently he yes, wrote. Yes, that was what I was going to say. He wrote yeah. in a month. He wrote the book in a month. Makes you sick when you think about stuff like that. Anyone who's ever tried to write a book, which I can't even, I can't even write a fucking newsletter. I can't write an email without falling asleep on the couch. I wrote a book in a month. But anyway, it was a fun season. <laughs> There's a lot to learn. And, there, and, and, and like Hope said, we're, or like Hope said, like Brunt said, we're there. This is the hope business. And there's lots of hope for the Toronto Blue Jays into 2021. There's lots of hope that, that they can either, uh, the, the, the players that we saw come together this year, can continue to improve, can continue to, we can continue and they can continue to figure out who they are. Who is Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? Who is Kevin Biggio? Who is Bo Bichette, other than the best second baseman in the division? Who these guys might uh, be, what the players coming behind them are, are going to look like, and also what, it, what it's going to mean uh, as the, the minor league you know, world changes. There's just so much in flux. There's so much going on. It's a really weird time. But if you're a Blue Jays fan, Again, I don't. I hope you're not disappointed. I, I, it's understandable to be disappointed after they got flushed out of the playoffs. But I think here, a couple of days out, a couple of days later, week later, as as time goes by, we'll uh, you know we'll kind of reflect on the season not fondly because it's you know the end of days. When spring training starts, there'll be lots of there'll be lots of talk. But we still have the best part of the season to look forward to, and that is transactions. Oh baby, transactions are coming. Are you ready for your mentions to be full of people asking if they're going to DFA, if they're going to a non-tender Travis Shaw? Are you ready to, for Rule 5 chat? The offseason rolls on and birds all day will roll on with it. We're not going anywhere. Through the playoffs, through the, the shitty months, November, November, easily the worst month, uh, December, we're going to keep on going. So we're not going to let Stoughton take a break. I'm sure he'll write something that will be exciting and uh, a big look at what's coming up in the offseason so you can read that you can read everything that kate and writes and you can of course keep it locked here keep listening to birds all day thank you everybody for your support here in this very strange 2020 season we're gonna have lots of fun in the offseason we're gonna keep talking about your toronto blue jays so for andrew stoughton my name is drew fair service we will talk to you again as i said next week on birds all day